Welcome, everybody. Um, it's season three, Fred. Um, we should start off by saying this podcast is very explicit, so leave the children at home or wherever the hell they are. Um, but okay, we got to get down to brass tacks because there might be a lot of new listeners, Fred, right? There might be. We just came from Pack South. Yeah. There's a good chance. So let's go ahead and just give some uh, quick beanbag ball sack machine gun recap of season one and two. So let's start with, uh, well, you're Fred. I'm Ryan. Yeah. Um, we hi, decide, my yeah, name is hi. Fred. We've been friends for years. Uh, we decide we talk about video games so much. Let's make a podcast. And we did that about two years ago. Uh, you know, we started the cast. And then at one point during the year, uh, our first season, that is, I came and visited New York and you gave me a Game Genie's cartridge. Yeah, that's very true. So after I gave you the cartridge, uh, things settled down for a little bit. But then uh, you put the cartridge in your console at one point during an episode and out popped Comerica the Genie. And he grants us wishes, but our wishes didn't really come true. He kind of messed them up for us. So we got screwed over a whole bunch. Yeah. And so along with that, we also around that time met uh, Future Man, who he would help us from time to time with different things because he it came from the future and the only reason he knew about us was because we become the most famous podcast in the world at some point in the future. So you know he came around um, and around that time we were also starting to get suspicious of Comerica the genie because we would hear rumblings and different noises in the cartridge and we were like, what the fuck are you doing in there? And he right. was being real weird about it. Yeah, so then uh, as we get to know the future man, we realize that he has some tools that we could really use. And one of them is called the double time split. And that allowed me to go to Texas to see Ryan, because at this time I'm living in New York still. Yeah, we don't, we don't have airfare money to keep going back and forth across the country. Right. And with that, I go to Texas. We get inside the cartridge because Comerica tries to get away from us. He's trying to avoid answering our questions. So we grab a hold of him. We get inside the cartridge with him. Yep. And uh, we end up finding a different genie, and his name is Galoob, and he's locked up. Yeah. And so it ended up, what it was, was it was his brother. Yep. Uh, Galoob's a little weird. Um, but anyway, uh, so Comerica, as we're leaving with, uh, we were trying to leave with Galoob, and he was free, but he ended up staying in the cartridge, but at least he's not in his fucking cage anymore. But we go back to Earth uh, in our realm, but Comerica, unfortunately, escapes into our realm as well, and he's chasing us down for like a fucking year. And a that was, whole that year. That was season two, essentially, was his ass out in the free world chasing us down. Yep. And uh, so we're avoiding Comerica. He ends up sending us text messages, videos, all sorts of stuff. And Gloob, the other genie, the good genie, uh, ends up helping us track him down. So he's looking for us. Gloob's kind of trying to help us find him. And then the future man kind of joins in because he's got a lot of tools at his disposal. Not only uh, does he have the double time split, but he can travel in time. And so he's moving back and forth trying to find clues for us uh, to track down Comerica. Uh, we have our buddy Monkey Man, who's a friend of the show. John Clark, who we, we had met in Park Slope, um, ended up. He's a strange uh, cat. Helping he's a real strange cat. As well. And David, the Pleasure Cruise, friend yeah. of the show. He also helped us. We got all these people assisting us and trying to track down Comerica because obviously we're thinking he's his ass is going to like either murder us or just yeah. try to do something really bad in this world. And we we freed his ass essentially by accident, so we don't want to be responsible for that shit. Right. Uh, but anyway, along the way, Galoob, the other genie, goes missing at one point. Um, and then you and I both get fucking kidnapped, Fred, and, yeah. and we somehow get out of that. Uh, and then what do we do next? So we we went missing. Bleh. We met, went missing for an entire week. And uh, when we came back, we did not know what happened. So we tried to go to the police to report to them that 
Someone had kidnapped us. Someone kidnapped our genie. We tell them about Comerica and how we're afraid for our lives. And instead of helping us, they think we're crazy and they throw us into an insane asylum. Fucking assholes. So that's another, we had a week of waiting, then another week in the asylum before we finally escaped with the help of Pleasure Cruise. Uh, John Clark was actually in the insane asylum for doing some weird sexual shit. I don't want, want to get into that. The point is, Cruise uh, helped give him some stuff that would allow us to escape. Um, we end up escaping. Crazy ass thing. At that point, also, there was a volcano loose in America. Yeah. His name was Volcano Alfredo. That's for a story for another time. But uh, we actually end up at Applebee's after this whole entire f- fiasco, if you will, yep. which was a great way to end it. I had some uh, jalapeno poppers. <laughs> yeah, I had a quesadilla burger. It was great. Yeah. So then uh, when we get back, we spend the next week trying to figure out uh, who kidnapped us because no one else is going to help us. And we find footage of security footage in our home. That shows that Monkey Man was actually paid uh, to kidnap us. We thought he was our friend. He fucking kidnapped us and kidnapped Galoo. Right, but we can't find where the money's coming from, and we're not getting much help from the police either. Yeah, and so at the same time, Galoo was actually returned to us. Uh, end up he is safe. Um, Future Man brings him, gives him back to us. To uh, the he, front door of the house. He doesn't yeah. even show up like he normally does. Yeah, I think that's because you stole his fucking double time split or something. That I is true. It doesn't matter. But um, at that point, Galoo's actually a little bit more... Kind of there. I don't know. He's with us a little bit more yeah. mentally because um, he's always very kind of strange and ominous, but like in a, in just like a stupid way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, when then we kind of spend a couple of months still trying to track down where the hell Comerica is. So Galoob finally discovers where Comerica is. And with the help of Future Man, we travel to Brooklyn to confront Comerica and his army and also Galoob and his army. Yeah. So it's, it's thinking like two different armies about to fucking fight in the battlefield, Lord of the Rings style. That's pretty much what we ran into whenever we immediately got to, to Brooklyn, right? Yeah. And um, um, and then also what ends up happening, John had turned on us a little bit before we got to Brooklyn, which is really strange. He started attacking me, being real fucking weird. I get some weird feelings, and not in my not in my nether regions, and like just in my mind to, uh, I just like look at Fred and I want to beat the shit out of him, so I attack him. Yeah. Uh, and then what happens is, um, you end up knocking me out, so... Uh, but during this time, I had to hear it back because I was fucking knocked out. But Comerica finally appears, shows up, and tells Fred, you know, don't believe anything you've heard. I'm actually here to help, blah, blah, blah. What happens then? So Comerica ends up helping out and proves to us that we should probably trust him. And he frees Ryan from whatever possession was going on. And uh, Ryan then gets... Out of the spell that he's in, he starts attacking Galoob, which confuses me. And then once Galoob is finally captured in the in the cartridge, he explains that he had been under the control of Galoob. And that what happened was, you know, Galoob had been giving out all these cookies and he called it the cookie canal. And uh, Ryan real had, weird shit, real, yeah. real weird. shit. So basically anyone who had a cookie, um, Galoob could like Possess. see what they see and like. They were just part of this now, like, group. Point uh, is, the guy that you thought was bad, or good the whole fucking time, was ended up bad. being bad. Yeah, and a little the flip floppy. Flip floppy, flip floppy, flip floppy. So, Comerica yeah. ended up helping us out. Um, we're all like, okay, this is good. Maybe Comerica should have told us fucking earlier what the actual plan was, but he was actually protecting the Earth from Galoob. That's why Galoob was actually trapped to begin with. Right. Um, and then, the cartridge fucking explodes that Galoob was in. He breaks free. And as tries to do that, he's at this point huge as shit. Yeah. Um, Scary. Yeah. Real, real creepy. Uh, he tries to land one last killing blow, but John 
out of the, his possession as well, very similar to me, um, has another cartridge given to him by Dave. Apparently him and Dave just hang out on the side. I don't fucking know. But uh, Pleasure Cruise gave him one more cartridge that he then gives to Comerica. Um, yep. And, yeah. So Comerica then sacrifices himself to save us and the whole world. So both him and Galoob are sucked inside of the cartridge. Big fucking battle. Big repercussions of so many people dying, but then we end up exactly where the fuck we were in season one, where they're just both in the cartridge again. Right. And uh, so now we think everything's over, but... Well, we get a phone call from the police, and they say, remember that that whole money thing and how we got kidnapped and we couldn't track down where the money came from to pay Monkey for our kidnapping? Well, they found out it took place, the transaction that is, 100 years in the future, and they couldn't really explain it. And then we started thinking back, and we're like, wait a minute. We know a motherfucker from the future. Future man! That son of a bitch helped us that with Galoob the son entire of a time. Bitch. He was behind us the entire time. So now that's where we are. We're fucking stuck and we're it's been a couple months. We haven't talked to Camerica because he I don't know if he's like dead inside the cartridge or what the hell he's doing. We haven't been on a chance to talk to him, but we're pretty much like, what the fuck is gonna Whoa! What the what the Yo, fuck? You are not the future man. Okay, who right, is this okay. person? I, I got my fucking stool here. I'm gonna smash you over the head with Ryan. the stool. Please don't do anything. I have important information for you. Who the, why who the sh- fuck are you? Yeah, and why should we trust you? I don't trust yeah, you at all. I'm explaining in time. I'm from the future. Oh, God damn it. We got another one of these fuckers? Well, what do we call you? Uh, I haven't really thought about it yet. Okay, well, we well, already have a future yeah, man. We can't so, call him future man. Wait, what about here? Let me um, look up some synonyms of future. Yeah, I'm going to look up some too. Jeez, this is actually very pressing. No, no, no. It's fine. We will figure out uh, your name eventual first. man i like yeah. that what about eventual man genies no that is not what you we really need to discuss the, what is very important and pressing for okay the what about like uh imminent guy imminent guy sounds great he's like imminent like he's fred ryan this is very important please do not interrupt me one, uh, one more time what if we called you the guy that's gonna the guy from not our time oh how guy. about the the traveler he's traveling through time Okay, I, I like the Traveler. That's actually, that's pretty good. Okay, right, we'll go, go with we'll stick with the Traveler. I like the Ventral Man, but that's fine. Me too. Listen, I'm from the future, but I do not represent what Future Man has been doing. I am part of the Resistance. I am the leader of the Resistance. Well, the, well that's what he said last time. So what no, makes... he said he's the fucking king of fucking the world. He's the king of the world. Yeah, you're right, I guess. Okay. But he said he was going to help us. Well, obviously he was fucking lying. Well, do you know him? I mean... We have a history. We have a past. I'll get into that later. I don't have much time. So what do you want from me? I need your help. I will be in touch more often, but I do need you to know that you can trust me. I'm not like Future Man. I am leading the resistance. I will prove to you in time. Spit it out! Fred, you need to calm down with him. He's—he he's, sounds like he's under a lot of pressure over here. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. My God. Okay, here's my thing. If, you, if you're able to travel through time... Yes. Why would you not come back and warn us before that yeah. Future Man was evil. Seriously. Well, Galoob, when he was working with Future Man, was stopping any ability for me traveling back in time. The only one that he used a double time split at that time last year was both Galoob and Future Man. Likely excuse. Yeah, that's that fills up a plot hole that uh, the viewers might have, de- you know, deducted. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So, I mean, what can we do right now? Just hang tight. I will be in touch. Um, I would recommend plugging the cartridge in and letting it sit in the system for a while. Oh. Okay. Why didn't we try that? I don't know why the fuck I didn't do that. Okay. Well, let's plug it in, and by the time we come back, hopefully, uh... I'll talk to y'all later. By the way, Fred. 
Yes. Don't do that thing you're thinking about doing tomorrow night. It won't end well. God damn it. Is this like that pew bomb? All right. Well, let's hit the fucking music. What were you about to do tomorrow? Game Genius. studio audience welcome to game genies my name is fred this is season three Three, season three did you ever think we would make it three seasons ryan uh i don't know no i guess i don't know we're approaching two full years of of game genies exciting shit in this world if you ask me that's pretty fucking exciting we're gonna get on to the story stuff later on but first yeah i just i wanted to recap anybody that i mean how many fucking minutes are we on right now uh probably too many 14 that's fine. <laughs> need a recap. That recap was important. That was an entire two-year recap. So for That's the people true. that they got to know what the fuck is going on, or else they're going to be lost with all this bullshit. Also, can we discuss? Can we talk about? We just got visited again from another guy in the future. <sighs> I don't really trust him as much as he he did seem fine, but so did. I the can't future trust man. anybody right now. He's going to prove to us real goddamn quick that we can actually do, trust him in any type of way. I don't trust him one bit. Yeah. I same. will put the cartridge in, though, so I guess we do trust him a little bit. Yeah, well, we got that sitting over there in the console. Hopefully, we'll, it yeah. we'll see what happens. something um, happens. I don't know. He, anyway. For, for such a pressing matter, he wasn't very informative. He's real vague. Why is every character that we fucking run into on this goddamn show ominous and vague? I don't know. We could have had this shit over like a year ago, but we're Hey, but then there's no are. content, I guess, so whatever. Okay. We just got back from PAX. Big fucking deal. Season three again. Um, let's start this off real good by doing... Don't fucking spill on my dick, please. It did that last week. Jesus Woo! Christ. You breaking shit in there? No, but you want to say your thing? The champs is here. There we go. The champs is back! Yeah. Can't not have champs on Game Genies. So, uh, anyway, what Game we are... Game Genies! <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're, uh, you know, if you never heard us before... um. Then I'll, I'll plug over bullshit. But Fred, if they've never listened to Game Genies once in their life, why don't you drop a little bit of motherfucking knowledge on their bitch asses? Game Genies is your cheat code to sounding like you know more about games than you actually do. We use our lifetime's worth of gaming knowledge and combine it with today's most interesting games to give you the insight you might not already have. But if you do have that knowledge, then join us on the conversation. We are all over the internets and the interwebs and yeah, all the podcasts. Yeah, you can find us uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Game Genies Cast. You can also find us on our website, www.gamegeniescast.com. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please like, subscribe, rate us. It is so important for the growth of Game Genies Podcast that you, the listener, gives back. Absolutely. And please share us with all of your friends who might like us. Because we like you. Absolutely. Um, and oh, we got to get a word in from our sponsor real quick. I don't want to go. I promise. I'm sorry. I don't even like that song anymore. I know, pal. That's not it. But I want my own ass. I want my own ass. <laughs> I know. What kind of sponsors... Are we getting here on this show? It's, that's, it seemed like a very touching moment. It it was a touching like, touching moment. emotionally, and he wipes his own ass. So could 
could we get some better sponsors? It's it's I think the problem here is that it's only twenty dollars, but we want to offer a good value. You spend twenty bucks, we have you as a sponsor on our Somebody show. Somebody's wanted us to play a clip but from Big Daddy. Like what the fuck? Everyone so far has just been hitting these duds with all these weird. Things. Can we get some normal ass sponsors? Yeah, okay. Here? If y'all want to hit us up on Twitter, it'd be a sponsor of the podcast. Twenty bucks, you can play whatever you want. Hopefully, it's not just stupid fucking movie clips. I wipe my own ass. Anyway, what? Do we, okay, we gotta talk about um, packs. We're gonna get into that. So we're we're gonna go on to our machine gun news segment where we kind of give you a rundown of what's going on in gaming. Yep. And uh, why don't you hit that beanbag ball sack music? Wow, you're gonna steal my fucking line, ladies. <laughs> All right, this is tip of the tops. All right, what's, what do we got on the first topic? Just a couple of things that happened this week. Uh, you know, first of all, welcome back. We're back in just games. We're not Woo! doing between two seasons anymore. So that's no exciting. more fucking football talk. Fuck off! No more wrestling talk. Thank you. Woohoo! Anyway, okay, so Tim Tim, you want to explain? We talked about this on like the second or third episode of the whole podcast. Oh yeah. So Tim Tim is basically what Nintendo should have made uh, out of Pokemon. But they didn't. So it's more MMO. It looks like and way more RPG elements to it than Pokemon. Right. This is like if you took Pokemon and you made it more of like a, an open world. I mean, Pokemon for the most part is kind of an open world, but it's it's an MMO. Yeah, you're around other people, other Pokemon trainers, like real people. It Your Pokemon fun. of choice follows you around. And it is actually out today on early access on Steam. It, it officially came out today. Um, awesome. So if you're listening to this, you can go get it on Steam. They are going to release it on consoles, but uh, they're looking at that's about a year away. And then that's included on the Switch as well for consoles. Yeah. Uh, the the graphics actually really resemble Pokemon. For the most part, this looks like a really polished um, Pokemon competitor, like a yeah. straight, straight up competitor. They and have it, been working it on it for takes, a long time. It takes a lot of stuff from Pokemon. It has like the stadium battles, catching, but they're using cards to capture them instead of these yeah. fucking balls. So it's almost like, uh, I was saying, I was like, they just fucking pretty much, they're like, well, what can we use that's not a ball? And they're like, well, Yu-Gi-Oh does cards. Well, th it, this opens up an avenue for them to take this from a game to like a card game too, into that the real is true. world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see a whole brand behind Simpson, depending on how it lasts. But I mean, it was a Kickstarter, I remember, uh, a couple of years ago, whenever we were talking about this. And what's crazy is, if you look at the animation, like just the opening like cinematic that they released for their launch trailer, it's great animation, great, like very... Uh, manga style music and shit and yeah it looks very polished and good we'll see how it turns out but yeah, uh, yeah it's out now so so are you ready to move on to yeah. the next one so Dragon Ball Kakarot just came out last Friday this is an RPG single player game that's very explorational uh, throughout the Dragon Ball world and universe but it's the entire story of Dragon Ball Z uh, it's, so from the Saiyan saga throughout the Buu saga yeah. and it looks like it takes about 30 hours I've read to finish the game so it's getting you say 30 minutes or hours? I said 30 fucking hours, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but I will tell you, I um, I was pretty happy with it from what I've seen so far. So I did purchase it last night. Uh, I'm going to be playing it today. But uh, yeah, it looks good. For, we talked a lot about it before I made the purchase, right? We did. But then the game kind of came out pretty quietly, which is why we're getting it a week well, later. I heard about it a lot over the summer like E3 and stuff like that but yeah, I we heard, we heard plenty about its existence and it coming but then yeah when it released it was almost like I mean, we were at PAX when it got released that's so true I, I'm surprised they weren't there 
Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it just came out literally during... It uh, was released during PAX. You would think that they would do it. But uh, I will say it's getting decent to mixed reviews. I mean, it's like a 77, I think, on Metacritic right now, which isn't terrible. Yeah. Uh, that's that. That's a good score. Like, that means it's pretty good game. But, you know, th- there are a lot of fandoms who are, like, really hardcore. Dragon Ball Z is one of those things. And so if it's not like exactly what people want, they're going to give it a low score from, from what, what was the reason you told me why people were kind of like not giving it tens or whatever? Uh, they did say it drags a little bit. It's got the same mechanics as some of those other games that's like behind you. Uh, they said it's not like game breaking or anything like that, but it's just, it can glitch out times a little bit. Um, and they said there wasn't some amazingly in-depth RPG elements to it, which right. I'm actually okay with because I don't have time to have crazy RPG mechanics on every single game I play. Right, and plus, Dragon Ball Z, is very specific things happen in the story, so as long as it follows the story and, like, your character gets all the abilities and power levels and stuff as they do in Dragon Ball Z, then I don't see where the problem is. It's like, okay, so there's not a whole bunch of customization, but, like, Goku basically wore, like, two different outfits the whole like series so yeah like there shouldn't be too much like i Goku's i don't a little bitch i don't want to customize dragon ball z characters if it's not canon so i mean yeah it's not like spider-man where you can get like 50 different costumes and shit that's the thing too well, i mean there are so like gohan for example had a whole bunch of different costumes i mean he probably had the most different costumes well those are probably in the game but that's true um, okay, we can move on from that. Uh, we'll give you. Uh, maybe I'll give a little bit more of what I feel. Yeah, about you bought it, so we're gonna play it this week. Yeah. Um, next, uh, hit me up with some dying light news. Not dying light news, if I can fucking talk. Well, this is a game that I don't even give a shit about, so I don't know why we're talking about it. If you remember when uh, the first one came out, listeners, um, it would say zombie. Oh, this is why Fred's a fucking like it. Zombies. <laughs> it's way more than that, though. It's a parkour co-op game. Uh, first person. Okay, yeah, first, I do remember seeing yeah, trail for this. This good. looked all right. And the second one's coming out. I'm I'm very excited about it. Uh, it looks like they're implementing factions in this. And what's cool about the first one is at night the zombies get way more powerful, and there's like creepy ass creatures that come out as well to fuck with you, and you just have to like pretty much run from them because they're that hard to fucking kill at night, and you have to get in safe zones and shit. I remember, but at night I believe if you kill them or if you find loot at night, it's just a lot more valuable. And rare loot. Mm. So it's like one of those things where you want to go out at night, but you don't want to get fucking caught. And it literally, me and Dennis played it for hours. And it was so much fun. We sh- It's a cool, fun co-op game. And like, it's very intense because you have to make it across the city. So and you're only pretty much using parkour moves to get from one location to the next. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, the, the whole point is the second one's now gotten delayed. Ah. Uh, and and no, and no release date. date. Yeah. It was supposed to come out, I believe, in 2020. Now I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen with it. Well, I mean, like everything else, and we say this every time, if it's for a good reason and it's going to make the game better, then right. so be it. I mean, yeah. there's no shortage of good games to play, so when it comes out, it'll be fine. Yeah, you're um, right. And also, I wanted to mention that uh, Nintendo finally did a direct on some more Smash news because everyone was pretty pissed off about the, the fifth character in the the fighter pack. It was another Fire Emblem character. And I guess there are already plenty in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So people are like, okay, so now we just have another Fire Emblem character. There are plenty of fans of that series. However, it's kind of a niche series. Like, I don't know any of these characters. And I'm glad I didn't buy the fighter pack because there were only 
probably two that I really wanted. Um, in any case, they ended up adding some costumes for the the you can like create your own fighter in Smash. They ended up adding some costumes for characters I wish were in the game. Um, one of them is Cuphead. Yeah. Uh, we we have two different Mega Man costumes. Which I already had an original Mega Man costume for my, my Amiibo, but whatever. Yeah, well, I think these ones are different. One of them's the Mega Man Battle Network, and the other one is more of like traditional Mega Man okay. costume. And then uh, Assassin's Creed. Right. And, and it, and it kind of makes sense, though, with the Mega Man and the Cuphead, because there is the, the uh, creative fighter that has like the gunner arm. And those are both characters that like shoot out of their hands, so that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, pew, pew, pew. Anyway, moving on from there, I don't even know what disintegration is. Yeah. It's a game I just found out about too. But the beta starts um, January. The closed beta starts January twenty eighth to the twenty ninth. Uh, the open beta January thirty first through February first. But it is a first person shooter mech flying game. It kind of looks cool. It's something that I hadn't heard of, but it looks interesting. Um, Tell me about it. A flying mech game, dude. I like that shit. Wow. You don't like that stuff. You're not, you're not a fan of if it doesn't have little fucking eight bit pixels running around the goddamn jumping and up and down, then you don't fucking like it. Not true. That, or sorry, if it's not Street Fighter. All right, so we're gonna jump into our first interview. Our first interview from Pax. Pax South was an amazing time. We got to talk to some awesome uh, d- yeah. developers and just cool people in general. And uh, this is going to be a interview from a guy named Badger. He had a really cool run, uh, really cool uh, speed run at Awesome Video Games Done Quick. That's the name of it. AV. There you go. G- you got this. You got this. DQ. You got it. AVGDQ or something like that. Awesome Video Games Done Quick. And uh, it was super entertaining. So we got a chance to talk to him uh, for a little short interview. So without further or motherfucking do, hit us up with some bullshit here, Badger. We're here with uh, streamer Badger, um, and yeah, we, we like to get not only game developers, uh, even like maybe cosplayers, but streamers as well when we're at Pats, just to get some insight into the life of a streamer, because it is something that, you know, is important to discuss, not just, oh, the popularity of streaming, but like how it actually impacts the streamers themselves. So sure. uh, plus, plus Badger did some cool stuff recently, and we yes. want to uh, highlight that. So tell us a bit about yourself. Where can we find you? And tell us about your stream. Um, thanks, better. But uh, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. I appreciate Absolutely. it really much. Uh, uh, I, I hear you guys cover a lot of G, uh, GDQ news, uh, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. So thanks for having me on Game Duties. Absolutely. Uh, my name, real name is William. Uh, I go by Badger on the internet, twitch.tv forward slash Badger. Go and hit me up there, or TVG Badger uh, on all my socials. I think really what I'm excited to talk to you all about today is uh, supporting charity and how really supporting charity can help you as a content creator, really. Uh, I certainly am a streamer, but I also find that I'm trying to make content all over the place uh, since you really have to diversify things. So doing this podcast stuff uh, and, and YouTube and streaming and all those things and working with charities is actually really a crucial part of who I am as a content creator. That's great, yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, how did you get, did you always, whenever you wanted to be uh, screamer then did you think that you would be able to have impact the way that you have been able to now with charities um, was that always a big passion behind streaming 
So the, the real reason that I got into streaming and content creation in the first place was very base. Uh, I found myself in a place where I didn't have a lot of friends, and I wanted new friends, and I knew that I loved gaming. So I fell into the environment that was the Twitch world, and it started leading me into new communities and new friendships. And over time, I got to make real friends at these charities, working at uh, Extra Live, StackUp.org, uh, and lo tons and tons of different charities. Starts with that Borders Cancer Foundation. So many, and, and really, what happens is they reach out to you, you talk to them. You reach out to them, and you really get to become friends. So I absolutely had no clue what was in store for me when I became a content creator and became a streamer. Uh, but really what all drives this forward is the community element to it. And I think that's really important for us as gamers to know, because if we don't have a community, we, we can't be as happy and as well-rounded people as we could be. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you noticed um, since you've started that the gaming community at least as a whole is beginning to because i'm seeing some things that are showing that some maturing within the gaming industry and like opening themselves up to more diversity things like that how are you interacting with the community and seeing any sort of change because i mean there are stigmas with the gaming industry that it's a toxic environment at Absolutely. times um yeah. How do you either combat that, or how have you seen it change? That's, that's actually an excellent question. So we do have to fight this all the time. So when I actually started playing games as a kid, gamers were fat and lazy, right? We sat at home all the time, we didn't go outside. That, that was the precept around people who, who were inside playing video games, right? Sure. The console gaming kind of era thing. We're rotting and, your brain. Right, you're sitting in front of the TV all day long, what are you doing with your life, that kind of thing. And we've, we've had to fight against that ever since the inception of, of arcade gaming, basically. Yeah. So it, it has been a big part of going forward trying to motivate my audience to be healthy, to treat themselves right, to focus on mental health, to be part of these communities. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest things that I do is try to encourage others to be part of community, which is why I talk about it so often. And also to exercise as well. I do exercise on, on my videos and streams and try to encourage people to do so as well. Uh, and I think that's important for us as a community to do because we do have to grow. We have to continue building up this community in such a way that it's sustainable, right? right. We, we don't want to continue that toxicity that has got the precept of, of the main media that, I mean, there's some, some people think us on, that we're honestly violent still, right? Yeah. There's, there's yeah. that concept that we're like, you know, beating each other up and teabagging one another and talking right. smack and all that yeah, kind of stuff, of which which is, is part of the gaming culture as well, but I don't I don't actually don't think that, especially if you come to these events, you know, coming to the PAX events, going to TwitchCon and things like that, you really find that the individuals there are actually some of the most welcoming and here's what I always say about gamers, actually. Uh, gamers are one of the very few groups of people who take their themselves and put themselves in a position of another human being. We do that by playing role-playing games a lot of the time where we actually take on the role of another character. So I find that gamers are actually the most empathetic people. They can really experience another person's feelings than any other group of people on the planet. Like when you watch a movie, you watch something happen. When you play a game, you are that person. Right. So yeah. we do have a lot of growing to do. I think there's still a lot going on. Honestly, I think that gamers uh, at the at its core are some of the most welcoming and incredible groups of people that I've ever met, that's for sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I want to know, how long have you been streaming, and what kinds of things have you seen change over the years? Uh, what are some of your favorite changes that you've seen, and what would you like to see change beyond today? Uh, so, uh, streaming now four and a half years or so, uh, three of that full time. Uh, it has changed a ton. Uh, lots and lots of things have changed. Uh, I think my 
The biggest thing that I've really been enjoying recently with all the changes is that there is a lot more competitors out there for content creators. Because when it comes down to it, I believe that the content creators, you guys as well, are the most important part of all of this, okay? So the platforms that we're on, those are, that's great and all. They, they do good things for us and stuff like that. We need them as well. But really the content creators that make content are the most important. And we're really seeing that when uh, Microsoft and Amazon are fighting over these content creators with million dollar contracts. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that is just incredible to see because it's putting more and more value on the people who are out here on the ground interfacing with individuals. Right. Yeah. And, and, and how, as those ambassadors to, you know, like I was talking about the mental health and community and really showcasing to other people that we are a great community, that, that's super important to, for value to be placed on us. So I love the competition that's going on. I love the focus on that. Uh, and obviously the, game, the, um, the charity side of gaming has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, Child's Play is a really great example of that. Uh, where they bring video games into hospitals to help children, and that's—I mean—that's a big focus on our gaming communities. They're actually here right now at Pack South, walking around the floor, uh, soliciting donations for people for children who really need the help as well. So I, I've, I've been really glad to see the the community grow in such a way where the focus has been on the content creators. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, and moving forward, if there is something, the is it always in the back of your mind that you're like, oh, I wish it was this way, or I wish this thing was that way. Even down to the tools that you have at your disposal, what would that be? I think the first thing that pops into my mind is that whether you're on Twitch, Mixer, YouTube, uh, Hitbox, wherever you're at, we're all in it together. We're not, there's no, I hope there's no animosity. You shouldn't go forward with any animosity. Yeah. And I see that very occasionally, and I want to dissuade anybody from believing that, you know, a Twitch streamer or a Mixer streamer are at odds. We're not fighting one another. Yeah. We're actually, we're actually working together because, like I said, the focus should be on the content creators. They should be fighting over us, right? We shouldn't be fighting each other yeah, ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like, I like that communal this philosophy that you have. Um, again, because I mean, when outside looking in, some people might think that content creators, I mean, obviously it's a competition of who, you know, has the more, you know, bigger following, can do the better thing, but it all comes down, in my opinion, to the content creator and in the individual of the, in and of itself and like what they're willing to do to help the community yeah. uh, versus just you know who can get the bigger amount of subscribers things like that and I think that you've touched on a lot of that and uh -huh. I appreciate seeing you know individuals like you that do care about the community do care about charity do care about giving back and using yourself as a platform to elevate some of that absolutely I always I, I hate the idea that we're competing but I mean and at the very very base level yes we're competing right but I always feel like it's growing the pie rather than fighting over the pie sure. rather than getting in a fist fight over you about this piece slice of the pie let's get together as a community and make the pie even bigger because yeah. there's still a lot of communities that we have yet to touch as gamers uh, so ninja got Drake on his stream at one point and that so some people were you know they kind of hate ninja for you know being so successful a little bit right but pulling in Drake to the community meant that a whole bunch of new people who had no freaking idea what Fortnite or or gaming or Twitch or anything that was suddenly saw this and even if 1% of those folks start engaging on that that's growing the pie for everybody yeah. and that's what, really what we got to do together yeah, I think more people need to take um, the kind of stance that like just because you help someone else eat doesn't mean that you're not gonna eat and I think yes. that's where a lot of people have their mind is that like well I can't retweet that guy's thing or like it because it's too similar to mine it's taken mm -hmm. away from mm -hmm. me it's, it's the opposite yes like build up people up they will build the you up back yes and other people will build you up from that I mean it's just it's a no-brainer. For, for people who are really close to me, one of the things I like to say to them, and I think this really gets to them, is your success is my success. Yes. When I'm successful, you're successful. And I truly, genuinely believe that. Yeah. And, and the, you bring up that our content is similar, so I'm a little bit afraid of you. That's actually something that I felt as a younger content creator. Yeah. And as I've gained experience further and further, I've realized that's just simply not the case. It's not. Yeah. 
like I like that we we actually talked about that because that is something I've been battling with lately. It's just like why why even when I'm commenting on somebody's post who has maybe a comment on it, if that or two likes, and I get no response, I feel like that person's like withholding their value from it's from so easy to giving do. me something back. Well, it's like you can follow me back you can comment me back and you're not going to look weak for that or whatever it is I don't know what their head yeah, is that's at. a great thing to bring up because that emotional that response that we have is totally out of our control and it's yeah. not anybody's fault that they feel that way yeah. that having that uh, so I always like to say there's no such thing as a negative emotion a lot of people find that anger uh, jealousy hatred or negative emotions I, fi- I think that we need to think about those emotions in a different way we need to learn how to cope and, and channel those emotions yeah. rather than shy away from them so as I, as I feel anxiety about doing something generally I find that actually conquering that anxiety leads me to a better place than shying away from the anxiety yeah so it's, it's such a natural thing to feel jealous right I mean yeah. it's just how it is you, you know you see you see a 16 year old kid in the Fortnite tournament wins when 16 million dollars it's really easy as a grown adult to be like God dang it, that freaking kid is doing way better than me. Yeah, yeah. I bet he's rolling the pussy right now. <laughs> like it's And it's really easy to do that, but we have to find ways to channel the energy that we're feeling yeah. into being better and helping our communities. Yeah. Absolutely. Even you acknowledging that earlier on in your streaming, you did have those feelings some, uh, at one point. That's like the first step to getting through that and becoming yes. better from it. And I will have those feelings again. Like sure. It's going to happen Absolutely. 100%. Right? And, and learning to cope is way more important than trying to not feel that emotion anymore. Yeah, sure. So if there's any, yeah, we have a we have a tour boat yeah. passing by. Just give us a second. Yeah. I don't know. We're in San Antonio. We're off the river walk. It happens. This yeah, is we're, a, it's an epic spot, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> really um, if there's anything uh, that you want to close with, that anyone who's listening in who might be thinking of streaming and they're afraid to, or they've started and they're getting nothing right now, uh, what what do you have to say to those people? Ooh, wow, what a, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of the times people okay so actually I want to come back to the anxiety feeling because that's probably what you're dealing with when you start off I turned my stream on I made my content and nobody watched it yeah then that's really really difficult what I have found is that when I find self-satisfaction and fulfillment from within that's where I gain my strength and I gain my power rather than looking for someone else to validate me when I validate myself that truly makes me happy so the person out there who's making content and is, is struggling through it find validation within yourself and you will be a happier person I know that's that's a hard ask yeah. but that, that is something if you do that you'll be in a better place and on top of this and the big thing that I want to say is come out to these live events sometimes oh, because yeah. there's a moment where you actually meet a person that you've been involved with for some time you can have a conversation with them and it is straight up life-changing okay mm-hmm. and it's important for your mental health to have these interactions uh, as gamers you know I, I have to say that we are a sedentary group right we have our, our hobby has us sitting in a desk eight hours a day at home and we have a lot of our friends via voice but how often do you get to hug them take take the time try to take make an effort to come to these live events and shake your buddy's hands and make new friends and get out of that shell because you will be a happier person. I think that's good advice. No, absolutely. And, and to put it simply, if, if you didn't wrap your head around that, basically just don't do something that you don't enjoy. People will be able to tell. And, absolutely. And they will extra Super not fast. watch your, your extra, extra not watch. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to try to get out of here before the next boat comes around, which is coming. So, all right, Badger, thank you so much for uh, yeah. talking with us. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, one more time. All right, we're going to... We're now gonna have to deal with the boat. One sec, <laughs> and then I want you to, you know, let people know where they can find one you. One more yeah, plug, yeah. Sounds yeah, yeah. good, guys.
Oh, this guy's actually being nice. Okay. There he is. Here he is. That last guy was super loud. He was very loud. He had way bigger speakers. Yeah. He's using his diaphragm, that's for sure. Folks, th thank you so much for participating here. I, I hope that you're having a great day today. The, the name is Badger. Twitch.tv forward slash Badger. You can hit me up. TVG Badger on all my social medias. That's Tango Victor Golf B A D G E R. The video game Badger. So if you, if you try to find that, I appreciate it, John. Yeah. Most important thing, stay motivated. That's most important. If you're motivated, you can do anything. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Whatever you want to do in your life, don't let some jerk come in and, and tell you you can't do it. Stay awesome. This is an easy one. You already listened to this podcast. That makes you awesome already in my book. I'll see you next time. Thanks oh, yeah. so much. It was a pleasure. Hey, wow, guys. Thanks, Thank you so much yeah. for taking your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Great guy. I like that you talked about the community so much. Um, I Same. think that it it's an important thing, and he has a positive outlook as a streamer versus. Some people that might not. I'm not saying that all streamers are dicks or anything like that. I'm just saying that um, there might be some that are more toxic. But it sounds like from discussing with him, like the community is in a good spot and it's only going to be improving, I believe. Yeah. I mean, his head is in the right place. A lot of people stream and, or, or just make content in general for all the wrong reasons. And um, I saw a streamer <laughs> earlier today on Reddit um, yelling because people weren't paying her five dollars to subscribe to her. i saw the same thing i think i actually uh retweeted it or something it's on twitter yeah she she just complains that like how do you guys have time to watch me for hours a day but you don't have time to give me five dollars for a subscription and per I, month my argument is the reason they don't have time or they don't have the money to pay her is because they are doing nothing They're but sitting watching, around watching her. twitch yeah they don't fucking have a job to pay her like and a lot of them are probably kids or whatever you know what i mean so it's like no one no one has to pay you to watch you and if you want them to pay you to watch you then make it subscriber yeah. only but i will say that uh badger has a very great outlook his whole yeah, he's very not that guy work with cherries is great um yeah super nice dude uh yeah i was super happy to meet him thanks monkey for sending that interview up for us good yeah. stuff all right so last year we went to pack south together you had gone the year before so you went 2018 yeah this is my third year yeah then we went we went together 20, 2019 with b pain you weren't even living here with jake the steak i drove or fuck it, i flew from new york to go and it was uh it was totally worth it and this time all i had to do is jump in the car with y'all and uh Ooh, look at you using some some southern <laughs> terms here you yep. just use y'all yep and it was Great. I mean, so the main reason that we go to PAX is we want to network. We want to check out the cool games. We want to get cool merch. It's a fun time. Yeah. So uh, also, we didn't even plug ourselves. Where can we find you on Twitter and Instagram? Oh, well, thanks, Fred. Uh, you can find me at West Texas Hell. Yeah. And you, where can we find you? We can find me everywhere on social media at Freddy Sketty. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-S-G-H-E-T-T-I. And uh, you can also find me on my other podcast called Welcome to My Fred Talk, where I also talk about video games and wrestling, if you're into that, and other things Whatever as well. Whatever the fuck you so, want. Um, I will say, speaking of Freddy Sketty, why don't we start with how you, how you began the convention on Friday morning? Oh, my Lord. So I got this bright idea. I was going to make a bunch of spaghetti, I was going to bag it up, and I was going to hand it out at PAX. I didn't get a business card, so I had to improvise. So I said, you know what? I ran to uh, Office Max or whatever the place is called. I got a bunch of those sheets of uh, stickers that you can print on. I printed out uh, all my handle and all that stuff. I put them on a bunch of little uh, snack baggies, like Ziploc bags. Would you call them snaggies? Sure. Uh, I was very careful in, in uh, making the food. I wore gloves. Very sanitation oriented. I can attest that he did not dip his dick in the sauce the way he did last year. 
Uh, I had I had a little helper. I also made her wear. Whoa, Fred, do you, do you want to also attest the fact that you did not stick your dick in the? I sauce? didn't stick my dick in. The, do we do? Do we both got to say it? I didn't stick my well, dick you in didn't. the sauce. Okay, all right. It was everything was very sanitary and handled with as much care as humanly possible. It, we kept it at temperature. We kept it refrigerated. We reheated it to temperature, and then we stored it in a heat safe bag that just kept it hot. You just said humanly possible, though. Does that mean a robot would have made the spaghetti more sanitary? It's possible. Okay. But either way, this would not make you sick. It was proper spaghetti. Right. Though I did get many, many disgusted looks. So moving on from there, we made the spaghetti. We bagged it up. We put the stickers on. Everything packaged perfectly. Uh, we get to PAX. And the morning of, I think it was probably about 9 in the morning, everyone's starting to line up, right? So I'm going up and down the line. I'm saying, hello, my name is Freddy Spaghetti. Do you like spaghetti? I got a lot of yeses. I got a lot of noes. And let me tell you, I don't believe the people who said no. Uh, but people. What do you mean you don't believe the people? Everyone loves spaghetti. That's not true. You don't make a fucking generalization like Everybody that, loves spaghetti. <sighs> okay. So anyway, I'm, I'm going up and down the lines, and uh, people really don't trust it. For the most part, I don't even think it's that they didn't like spaghetti. I think they didn't trust taking spaghetti That's from exactly a guy what it is. who's serving it in a plastic baggie. I, I will say this. I like you didn't have to do this because you weren't touching the spaghetti at any point when you were handing right. it out. But you wore fucking like uh, cook gloves. I, I wanted to make sure that everything I it touched. Looked, I know. I got it. When they when I handed them that bag, they were the only ones who touched that baggie with with their bare hands. So it was completely sanitary. And same, I got plastic forks and stuff. I put them in a cup. I didn't touch the forks, and I and I let them take their own fork. So uh, from there, if, if you're interested in seeing this, by the way, I have videos all over uh, Twitter and YouTube about this, and a lot of people actually posted their own videos and pictures and stuff. So you can find it easily. If it was, you, it if, was fun stuff. If it you was, look up Freddy Sketty on YouTube, you'll get the full video. It's like a five- or six-minute video. Uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was very uh, well you know, received and, and got a lot of attention. I was very happy about that. So then once we actually got into uh, PAX, you saw the, the PAX story time, which I ended up missing because I was handing out spaghetti. Tell me a little bit about that. So, yeah, I saw it. It was uh, the creative director for Coalition Studios, um, who they're the ones that made the gear games, Fred. Uh, Rod Ferguson, he gave a great you mean talk. Gears of, Gears of War? Gears of War. Um, so he, it's, it's funny, he gave his whole story, very similar to um, uh, Balrog last year. From the God of War. Um, Barlog. Barlog. Balrog. Balrog is a fucking Street character, Fighter character. Street Fighter. Fuck off! You should have been here, Fred. You should have seen this, because it's actually important. I'm not saying your spaghetti wasn't important, but this is a very, very important uh, like conference talk, the opening talk. So, I didn't realize that this guy had worked for Microsoft Studios for a while on games like Train Simulator and this Flight Simulator and shit like that back in the early days. Then he moved on to... Some other games, uh, Gears, he worked on all the Gears games to some capacity. He left, went and worked as the lead producer, I believe, um, on Bioshock Infinite. And a lot of these games he had talked about, like, he really enjoyed working for publishers because, you know, you get to see it from, like, the outside, but, like, you're kind of managing the project. Whenever he was going to these smaller studios and smaller games, um, he liked actually being in the thick of it with the developers, so that way he was, like, right there with the games. So he talked about just the differences between the major publishers and, like, the smaller studios, um, he did work for 2K for a little while as well, and then he was in. A, he left. Um, he had creative differences with them, but he essentially, this is how he got to the coalition. Um, Microsoft's like, well, we just bought Gears of War from Epic, and we're gonna start our own studio and start making the game again. So he was a big hand in making Gears Four, and then now Gears Five, 
And then that was like the second half of his talk was about Gears of War 5 and how they've made the game so accessible. Like it, I didn't realize all the things that it has for disabilities and things like that. Uh, gamers and that like takes into consideration their type of play. Um, some of the things he just mentioned was, well, first they brought a whole team of di different people in, uh, individuals that were gamers that had disabilities <clears throat> so they could hear feedback from them. Uh, but some of the things they added to the game, Fred, is things you wouldn't even think of that you would need. Um, one of them is subtitles, increasing the subtitle size. Because, mm -hmm. yep. you know, for deaf people, that's important. Also, deaf people uh, had let them know, we don't know who's talking at certain times. So then they started adding the names to it. Then they were like, we also don't know the inflection. So they would have the person's name and they would say like, sarcastically and then it'll say what they're saying mm. so that way it gives them a little bit more information um also just being able to uh so i was thinking about that, that that's super small super tiny things but it makes a big difference in people's lives um another thing you mentioned was you know xbox has that accessibility controller now yeah they have it to where you can customize every single button within it uh to mm. your play style of gears of war so they said that that's probably the future of gaming is that most games will do this, but Gears of War 5 specifically was praised as being the first major AAA title to have all this accessibility in consideration with the game. That's great. I mean, making something accessible to people who would normally have a really hard time. Like, imagine if somebody wants to play, like, Super Mario, they're going to have a hard time doing it. And to think of that person, maybe... 1% of your audience or 10% of your audience that, that needs that and still putting the effort in to do that, it speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, and I guess he's a studio head. I don't know if creative director or studio head are the same going hand in hand over there, but yeah. either way, <clears throat> that's great too for somebody that from such a prominent title and studio, like going and giving talks about this stuff. It just puts it and, more out there. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll move on from this, but you can actually find this on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, just search uh, PAX Storytime 2020 and you, you, it should come up Yeah. pretty easily. He's on stage. You'll see it's like, a, you know, he's on an actual stage, like That's in good. a theater. So. Well, it's mentioned also uh, one of the Penny Arcade guys um, during the uh, make a strip, which you also missed on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, he had his fly down for the first 30 minutes. <laughs> and somebody, like, he goes off stage real quick to touch somebody, and then the other guy just starts cracking up laughing because I think it was, like, one of their wives or just one of the heads of their, um, of at the PAX company, like, they, like, called him on stage, like, get the fuck over here and call him and tell him. And he's like, God damn it. Yeah. So let's move on now to our favorite part of PAX. But tell me what your favorite part of the entire conference was. So it's it's really hard to pick just one thing because, of course, we got to try something new this year, which we'll talk about later, and that was True Dungeon, which was awesome. And uh, I didn't make it to as many panels as I'd like to. So personally, just what I, I was able to experience myself was the networking aspect. That was That is one of my favorite things about PAX, is meeting the people. Because basically... Anyone who's willing to put the effort in to network with you at PAX is, for the most part, going to keep putting the effort in to network with you beyond that. So, like, everyone that you try to interact with on Twitter who, like, doesn't interact back, they're like a wet rag. The, the All the cool people who actually want to make that happen, they go to PAX. And you get to be face-to-face -face with those people and make a real connection with them. So, there were people like the GameHers. There's the people at Berserk Studios, which we're going to play the interview later on with with hunter uh who we met who is awesome so so for me and even just meeting other streamers podcasters and just people who are fans in general who, who want to be that much closer to the creators the content creators in general uh, that's my favorite part of pax 
All right. What would you say uh, was the most memorable thing for you? Or like, just what's your favorite part of going? I mean, definitely interacting with people, meeting. I love doing the interviews. I think it's always fun. Uh, that, w- that was a blast doing. I think we got a lot more juicy content uh, for the interviews this year. Just in general, because it felt more like a discussion than us asking the same fucking questions to every single developer, which I feel like last year we just we were kind of junior at it. So we had never done that before. So we did kind of just have a formula that we asked each per- each person. But I feel like these interviews, they last a little bit longer, which I'm OK with. Um, we're going to be spreading these interviews out, by the way, over the next couple of weeks for anybody listening. Um, yeah, I think we have like six or seven all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the good thing about it, though, is we got to actually evolve into a discussion that ended up being something different and unique and important to gaming. So that was cool. Then that might've been my favorite part. Also, I actually really like watching the eSport arena stuff they do. This year was a Fortnite amateur or pro almost, almost pro. pro. That's what it's fucking called. Uh, $10,000, you know, tournament. So that was kind of fun to watch at the end. We watched the last couple matches, the semifinals and finals, and that was a blast as well. Yeah. I'd say the funnest part of that is just, you're doing a lot of walking you're having a lot of social interactions, and when your battery starts to get a little low, you can always stop off and just watch tournaments. And there were a ton. There was like Brawlhalla. Oh, you mean like your physical battery? Yeah. In, in your body? Yeah, yeah. Your your yeah, social yeah. battery, yeah. which mine is completely drained still, which is probably why I'm I'm not in the best mood today. But uh, yeah, it's nice to just have a place to stop off. Stand even standing in a line sometimes is okay to just kind of like cool down. Uh, even though we ended up talking to everyone we stood in line with, <laughs> we just yeah. naturally just start talking. Oh, uh, we people. had some great bathroom stories. Oh yeah. Do we? Can we go over one one or two of them? Why don't we save those? Okay, we'll save the bathroom stories. That people are, and the listeners are like, "What the fuck are y'all talking about?" It's not that bad. It's just awkward moments that we purposely did in the bathroom. I'd still, it, I can't say it in a way that doesn't make it sound fucking weird. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll discuss it later. Yeah. Um, let's move on to True Dungeon. Cool. So why don't you why don't you start off with that? That was this was something that uh, B Pain really wanted us to do. Yeah, yeah. B Pain actually paid for us to do it, which I thought was great. Which, thank you, B Pain. Yeah, thank you, B Pain. It was a blast. And so if you've done any type of role playing tabletop Dungeons and Dragons style, um, you know, role playing games, you'll understand what this is. Um, that's in regards to roles for spell casting, roles for um, hitting targets, and obviously your character sheet. Um, but Essentially, this is a live-action version of Dungeons & Dragons. So you go in this giant, dark space. You're going from room to room. It's almost like... Because there is combat, very similar to role-playing, but you also do things like have to solve a puzzle within that room. And it's at that point, it's kind of like an escape room. You're, you're timed to have to figure it out. There's a DM in every single room. Yep. And then whenever you start, you have to create your character. So you spend about 30 minutes doing that. Um, how you create your character and have your gear, you have these tokens that you get 10 tokens when you sign up. But we also did a demo, so we got another 10 tokens, um, and that was free. We got like 20 tokens from the demo. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, B-Pain and I believe Patrick bought a shitload. So then they all were in the hotel room while me and Fred were doing other stuff, trying to be like, okay, these are good coins for, and tokens rather, to build out a wizard. These are good tokens to build out a ranger. Things like that. Um, B-Pain was a bard, so he had to fucking sing the entire time we were in combat. So he he picked good songs. He did pick good songs. So he had to sing, which gave us buffs. Um, But what's great is, so you do your character, you you do all that stuff. They write down on the character card, which you go from room to room, because each room has a different DM or dungeon master in it. And they'll be like, okay, here's what's going on. Either solve the puzzle, or literally some rooms are just combat only. So they're like, this beast is here. Try to fucking kill it. And, and, and they'd have like an actual person dressed up. Yeah. Like yeah. in a costume, uh, like really good makeup and, and costume, by the way. And they'd basically, if you've ever played skee-ball, 
had like a, a wooden skee ball table and instead of having just lines like in ski ball the, it would actually have the shape of the monster and all the different parts say the arm yeah. was worth 10 hit points the chest was worth 16 and everyone slides their token which actually so it's, like a, it's like a shuffleboard yeah yeah and everyone puts the their weapon tokens in these little pucks and then you slide the puck across yeah. the table and depending on your class and your weapon and all this stuff then they calculate the damage and there's so much cool stuff as well even with like a wizard because sometimes i won't slide the puck but i'll just be like i want to do this spell well there's this thing that they show you at the beginning that you have to memorize it's like the different elements the elementals of the entire like i guess universe here there's a bunch of different shapes and stuff yeah, on the sheet that you have to memorize they'll point at a shape and i have to say what it is and they're like okay you said it so you get if you don't get it right um you don't get a negative but if you get it right you get a bonus to your hit so luckily i got it right um but yeah, it was, that was fun too. You had two weapons, right? So you would slid two pucks. Yep. So I was a ranger. So the ranger could either use one like crossbow for a ranged attack or use two melee weapons to attack. And you had to throw them with separate hands at the same time, which was a little bit difficult to do. And well, overall, it was a lot of fun. We were in, we did an infernal, I forgot, infernal readout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infernal readout. So it's like the last campaign of the six-year campaign they've been doing. So next year starts a whole new campaign. I'm sure we'll do it again, and we get to use those tokens that we got. Yeah. Um, for next year's too, because they're they're just universal throughout the entirety of True Dungeon. True Dungeon goes to different cons throughout the year, and you can, I don't know, like some of these tokens are worth thousands of dollars if you want to buy them on eBay. Yeah. The the whole ecosystem of the token thing is kind of cool too. Um and. We are a little bit far in the episode, so I think we should move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you fine. should look this up if you're interested. I might actually take advantage. They have a whole volunteer program, and you can look into that, too. But I, I might actually do that. Cool. So we'll yeah, yeah. see. Um, okay, yeah, we can move on from there. But again, that's called True Dungeon. Look it up. Um, TrueDungeon.com. Yep. Uh, okay, let's move on to your favorite new game you saw. So I'm really torn between a couple, but I'm going to go with this one because of how weird and different it was and how well it worked. So there's a game called Speaking Simulator made by an Australian uh, developer. We actually got an interview with him, and that will be on like next week's episode. So I'll, I'll spare those details for now. Look up Speaking Simulator uh, if you want to know Super more about it. But unique. I'll just to give it a, a quick description of it. So basically, you play as a robot AI who was made to resemble a human and take over the world. I love that. And so you, the point of this game is you have to try to speak as humanly as you can. And you do that by controlling your tongue and pressing on certain parts of the inside of your mouth, uh, controlling your jaw, your facial muscles, your eyebrows. And I guess later on, other things come into play. So it's a very difficult game. It's one of those games like if you've ever played Surgeon Simulator and how frustratingly hard that game is, this is like that, except you're not using the gyroscope in the controller, or at least not in the parts that I played. So it goes through a range of uh, talking parts that you have to do. You have to do a job interview. You have to go on dates. And I guess towards the end of the game, you're like trying to be a politician and you have to make speeches and stuff like that. And it's just, it's quirky. It's fun. The graphics are fun. Just everything about it is really well done. And for a game that only, for a game as unique as this, uh, to only take, I think he said two or three years to make this game, it was so impressive. Uh, check it out. Super worth checking it out. And you'll you'll hear even more about it next week. Uh, what would you say is your favorite uh, game of All right. So our favorite game, uh, funny enough, is actually going to be our next interview, uh, which was with Berserk Studios, who did Shapes and Beats. 
their new game, um, which is called Infernax. And um, it's per- currently can add to your wish list on Steam. Actually, funny enough, it says their planned release date, hopefully before the robot uprising. So very topical for what you just talked about. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> essentially, this is a game. Think about Zelda 2 and Castlevania 2, um, Simon's Quest. Uh, those type of games in that style, but polished up and mechanically just a lot better. Um, essentially, it says there's going to be puzzle elements, um, new innovative style uh, for this style, you know, type of game. But it just it gave me the reason I liked it so much was it gave me those feels from playing those OG NES games. But I feel like I'll be able to actually beat this game opposed to Zelda 2 and fucking Castlevania 2, which I never even beat because they were so goddamn hard. Right. But okay, I mean, without further ado, let's just get on to finding out more about Infernax, which again was my game of packs south. Um, yeah. Let's get on the interview with Hunter. All right, so we're here with Hunter, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about his game. It's a really fun uh, retro hack and slash. I'll watch the levels. I'm just okay. That way, I fucking know what's going. On. Yeah, um, and we'll try not to clip the audio while yes. we're at it. Yeah, so I'm Hunter, worried that I might have clipped it earlier, but it's fine. So Hunter, take it away. Where can we find you and tell us a little bit about your game? Yeah, so uh, my name's Hunter Bond. I work for Berserk Studio. Uh, we're an indie game studio based out of Quebec City, Quebec. Uh, we're, we're mostly known, I think, in the like at cons and stuff and online right now for the game that we put out before, which is just Shapes and Beats, yep. which is the uh, rhythm-based avoid em up bullet hell uh, that has been really, really fun to like have out. The fans are stoked. And uh, because we finally had time to go back to it after completing that, we're now working on Infradex, which is our 2D side-scrolling. Uh, I like to call it a Zeldavania because it's yeah. Uh, yeah. equally inspired by Zelda 2 and Castlevania 2, oh. uh, which both of those games from the NES era did like a lot of really interesting things but that came at the price of like they were kind of in new space so there's some weird things about those games I played so many of those games when I was a kid both of them Uh, I spent so much time but I would never fucking beat them because they were just so Annoying, or like they didn't really they tell had, you what the hell to do. As right, much. they but, were uh, they, they were, were a little hateful on accident. Right, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like meant to be, but you know, like except for later, you find out that you know there are NPCs in Simon's Quest in Castlevania Two that intentionally lie to you, and that's not a translation error. Oh. The designer wanted that, wow. which is wild. So we're not doing that. Oh, and yeah. now in a game like that to come out now, you have social media and stuff like that you can get the word about. But like sure. back then, it was sure. maybe you get a Nintendo power. They might talk about and it. You're like, right. I'm doing what the guy told me to do. I don't right. know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, it's like oh, you got to jump off that cliff and yeah. you do and you're like I died what the heck yeah yeah, yeah it should be just sad sad and 12 and you don't have the internet yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're not but we're taking the cool systems from those games which is like an uh you know an open overworld uh the leveling and magic system from like Zelda 2 the combat is like pretty reminiscent of like it has a bit of a wind up so you have to learn the timing which is definitely Castlevania yeah. it's a little tighter than the whip the whip takes a little more but we also kept we really liked the, the shield from Zelda 2 because it made for like pretty compelling 2D combat yeah which right. you know allows you to have to like take a little bit more time because it can block projectiles at different heights. Uh, really, all of it is an excuse to like pay homage to two, like two games that like we all like as a studio love. Like they they started this a couple years ago. It's been on ice for a little while while we worked on other games. So now that we're like bringing it back out, it's been awesome. This is only the second show we've actually brought it to. We brought it to West first, okay, and cool. it's just a constant stream of you know people roughly in their you know 30s and younger. But like it's awesome. To to see people who like immediately you can see the like recognition in their eyes i love yeah. i love seeing that and this is one of those games that it has so it's it's clearly a retro graphics and done in a really cool way and it's quirky but it's not like you might 
snicker snicker at some of the things yeah. that happen like you get covered in blood when you're when yeah. you're beating down these zombies and yeah. stuff and some of the artwork is just like oh man that was brutal and you laugh at it but it doesn't like uh change it, it's not comedy right like we're, the guys are serious like the dialogue is serious you're trying to walk that line yeah where it's I, I really love the idea and we're still you know like the game is as far as internally like the the main like the, I always like to say we're not laying down tracks while the train is running at this point we're just making the ride smooth you know we're working on making everything polished and so some of that is also like going back and making decisions and dialogue and one of the things that we've talked about is the idea that the lead character that you play Alcidor it would be very very funny if he is like way stoic like like hilariously stoic and everyone else is just pretty normal and they're just reacting yeah. to like may I use thine in like and, uh yeah I, I, yeah I guess sure like but like because you know other games do comedy too right like we're, yeah. we're as a studio uh Quebec City is also where Sabotage is from the guys who made The Messenger oh and, that game took me by surprise with the, the comedy. I, right. I expected it to be like a Ninja Gaiden kind of thing, but which you know, it is. Which now it they is. Have like a DLC, it's but even it, more goofy, right? Yeah. Like a Miami yeah. style. But it's so shit. funny. When I started playing, I was like, "This is what I wanted. This is what everyone's talking about when they say the Messenger's awesome." Uh-huh. It's just like it's more than just the style. And of we the love, game. you know, we love that too. Uh, the, yeah. the guys at that company are all good friends of ours. It's a really small dev scene up there, but yeah, uh, yeah we're like walking a line. It definitely is intentional, and I'm and stoked that you noticed because yeah. it's a fine line, like it's always something we go back and forth on is we want it to still be like sort of serious in the way that those old NES games like took themselves seriously yeah, 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 sure. but also acknowledge that it's 2020 so it's funny to almost be like a, pixelated like that boy. character was like transported from the 90s to now <laughs> right, and yeah. he's still acting like he was in the 90s well, like, kind of, he's like Captain me, America well I was saying a little bit of a uh... I would say it's actually a Marvel, but Thor, like in the first Thor movie, sure. he comes to the fucking Earth and he's just like so goddamn ridiculous and he throws his cup on the ground. Like that. People are just like, what the fuck is up with this guy? So yeah, I like the... Thinking of that, I'm gonna play this game now. Just imagine. There's there's something uh, there's something beautiful about like being aware of what you're doing, but not being like hipster, ironic aware. Like we actually love this, right? Yeah. It's not. This isn't us making fun of it. No, no. Yeah. Like we unabashedly like. You can tell when you look at it that like the founders of our company like definitely were like, okay, so you know they love Rambo. Like they unironically <laughs> love the Conan movie. Like you know, 100 percent, right? right? Like right, that's. Right. We wear our influences on our sleeve, like very, very obviously, because like it's a, it's an homage, it's a love letter, but also like we want it to have the things that define good, well-made retro-style games, which are like really tight controls. Yes. It want it to feel fair. Yes. It can be hard, but it has to be fair. Where when something kills you, you feel like that was on me. Like I, you know, I missed that pixel. Like it's pixel per, you know, but it's not unfair. Like the difference between Mega Man Two is really hard but it's mostly fair Mega Man 1 has a lot of stuff where you like jump across the screen and an enemy spawns directly into where you are knocking you into a pit that you only know if you memorized it we don't want to do that yeah Yeah. the worst by the way offender of that I say is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 on NES oh god yep god I remember watching Angry Video Game Nerd when he's trying to figure out how to get from like this fucking small little opening that but you can't jump over because of the ceiling and you're supposed to walk over it but it takes him like 20,000 times to figure it out that's how those games used to be so yeah, the fact that you're giving the tender loving care to that genre, it like speaks volumes to what can be done of those retro re- 
reimaginings. Of it's it's pretty funny too because the way that Infranex's development cycle happened was they originally kickstarted it and then realized that they wanted to take longer and didn't want everyone waiting, so they gave refunds to everybody and kept we kept one penny. So that technically they still kickstarted us, so that when the game is over, they're still backers and we can give it to them, cool. and also they can get like updates and stuff. But we realized that we didn't want people waiting on the hook because the game started years ago yeah. and it got put on ice. And so now that we're taking it off ice, it's awesome because like there have been a lot of people enthusiastic about that. Instead of us holding on to their money and then being sad, they're like, oh wow, you guys are actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Star Citizen style was what you did not do. Yeah. Sure. We, I, give, uh, we give him so much shit for the way that whole Kickstarter and all the other bullshits handled. That's a whole other $10,000 DLC, I think they have, or it was $20,000 DLC? Wow. Yeah, forget about that guy. Okay. But and before so, we get too far away from uh, the point you made about it being a fair game, one of my favorite games of all time is Ghosts and Goblins and, right. you know, the games in that in that series. But one of the worst things about them is they're one of the, some of the most unfair it's games to play. Unfair. Yeah, it, it's so it's very very like if you get hit you get knocked back. If you jump you can't control yourself in the air. Right. If you're attacking, you know what I mean. It's just like the list goes on. But this did feel fair. Good. Even even um to a game that you're probably familiar with, which is like Kung Fu for the NES, where yeah. if you're attacking and you turn, your attack turns with you. Did you do that in our game? And yes. We discussed, so what's funny is that that was something I noticed when doing QA, yeah. and we discussed like, is this a bug? And I was like, I don't think it is. I like, if it's you, it feels like a wave dash, right? Like it initially might've been something that was just part of how long the wind up on the attack is, yeah. but there's no reason to patch it out, because if you can do it, it feels good. It feels good, and you're, and it's part of your strategy, and you're ducking and doing it and yeah. standing and doing it. So it's it's like one of like there are those games that come out now where you're standing in the center of the screen and, and guys are coming at you from the left and right, and you have to you have to do that. That yeah. is part of the way that you have to play the game. So that was fun to me. Awesome. Little things like that are like little gameplay elements um, that are subtle. Um, to someone who's maybe watching, but for the person playing, like very valuable to have that. That's I'm really excited. It's a, it's something that I thought was really really cool, yeah. and it doesn't really like get noticed very often. Yeah. And so I'm excited that you noticed because it's the kind of like small stuff that's really great. Like that I got to come on the team after they started development initially, but sure. now that we're working on this like second iteration, a lot of stuff is like being polished to a new level. All the animations you saw in the intro yeah. were like entirely redone. Like that's those awesome. are all new, and like that part of it is we're. Still still iterating on that stuff where it's like what like how can we upgrade the the you know a side quest like we want to give an entirely new piece of sprite art to it like sure. we, we're at that part where we're like how can we make this like shine yeah so cool uh do you have anything that we did not cover about the game that you'd like to tell the listeners at home uh i'm sure they want to know when like what our development cycle looks yep. like yep. uh we'd love to be done within about a year you know we're, we're still saying 2020 likely but you know the only reason that would go a little later is if we ended up having the time and funding to include a couple of things that if you know if we had everything we wanted to do we don't want to like scope creep the game at all it's more of just there are a couple of things that if we had everything we wanted we would do but if we don't end up finding ourselves in that position we're just going to polish the the core game loop right and i will say this um like the game i'm ready to, i cannot wait for it to come out it also it's very, even at the moment, polished, and I feel like it's great. But uh, we, we always talk about on the cast the fact that if you need longer development time, just fucking do it. Because I, if it's 
something that you're creating that you care about. I mean, me and Fred are musicians too. Like, I wouldn't write a song and just put it out there if I wasn't confident enough that like right. it was. So like, I really appreciate developers that are willing, and I'm as a fan willing to wait longer. We, if it's going to be a good. We game. appreciate you. Yeah. Well, you know, there can be a danger there where you uh, like with all art, knowing when you're done is an important part of making right. art well. Yeah. So you don't want to like polish to the point where like you could have the game was already great and now it's been two years and you've Fez. <laughs> where <laughs> like recognizing when you've gotten to to done right yeah. whatever to that done. means yeah. like yeah. we don't want to get there but we definitely don't want to release a game because if anything right like an nes game never got patched so yeah. you should yeah. really aim to make a game that feels good and like of course there's probably going to be bugs we'll catch but like that's the, the niceness of modern games is we can patch those but we don't want to be like realizing like man we really wish we had done x right so yeah 20 2020 is what we're working on right now uh we're definitely going pc first we always do we always will uh, as far as i know unless anything changes <laughs> no but we're gonna go steam and we're right now we have it running on like nintendo switch dev kits um i was like like we're with the dev cycle or like the console cycle wrapping up the only way we'll find out for sure is you know we're small and if someone wants to give us like porting help like that can be like a reason we go to one console first so it's hard to nail that down right now just because of the timeline but like i personally would love to see it on switch which means that it seems like it'd be likely you know it's yeah. such a great console for indies and i think it's absolutely perfect. no it, it, I, I want to play that on switch i mean right. i will definitely play it on steam first that's fine but uh yeah that it's it makes total sense. Um, all right, last question. All right. Oh, one, one more before the last one. Okay. Oh, oh so you're, well, for, all right, sir. For people who are already a fan of your studio, uh, Little Birdie told me that you have some Shovel Knight DLC for Just Shapes and Beats coming. Uh, do you have anything you want to yeah. say about that? So uh, we have what we call like mixtape updates for Just Shapes and Beats. Yeah. And the reason we always shy away from calling DLC is because we don't charge for them. They're just free. Cool. So they're just updates to the game for anyone who's already purchased it. Yeah. Uh, that is our... Is that our second update? At this point, the game has, we've given it multiple updates. We have another one scheduled for like Q1 of this year, so pretty soon. Uh, the Shovel Knight one was awesome because uh, we got to call back like other friends who had done music we used in the game. Uh, so it's like uh, three levels and a boss fight. Nice. Uh, okay. and so, hey, we have more work for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of the songs from the original game were existing songs that we like asked to license because we liked them a lot. Oh, okay. uh, a lot of a lot of the level designs were song first. Like the, they were designed like, oh, this this is the, like I'm inspired by this song. Yeah. And then the level was built around the song. Um, so for, for the, so the really cool thing is uh, actually speaking of the messenger, uh, one of the tracks we got Rainbow Dragonized to do the remix. So they're all custom remixes of Shovel Knight tracks. They're not just straight music. They're like each one of them okay. was remixed for our game. Hell yeah! Hell awesome. yeah! Also, wait, wait to like I didn't know you were gonna ask about that. I can just like well, I throw to that shit sure. in. I mean, I no, that's it. good. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's, I didn't I mean, even know about that. Yeah. So whoever that birdie was, could give him a little, give him a little. Maybe, uh, maybe it was a little monkey. Oh. That sounds sexual and it's fine. Uh, okay, Go last, question. last question. Um, if you and think about answer it however you want. All right, I'm um, ready. I need a power stance for this. I know, here we go. All right. <laughs> All right. It's not that epic. So no, uh, it okay. is. Um, go back. Okay. <laughs> so if you can go back in history from the very first video game ever made, actually, you know, we can go as far back as even like board games, even from back in the day. I'm okay with that. Now we're talking. It's packs too. Okay. So um, if you can go back in uncreate one of those games like it never existed in Delete the world it from history yeah what would that be Ooh, can i go with a controversial one and it's Absolutely. not because i don't like it yeah but it's because i think it would be the most interesting answer and it's world of warcraft we heard that this is the second time. okay you yeah. know it's because 
like everyone wants to see the World of Warcraft killer. So if it didn't exist, like imagine like which other games might have made it if WoW didn't, like, that'd be a tragedy. WoW's yeah. a great game. Sure, sure. But also like Dark Age of Camelot might have been still around. Like, a, sure. like you'd see more Ultima. Like I played a lot of Ultima, you know, like. Online. You'd probably yeah. see a Warcraft 4 at this point. Yeah, who, who knows? Or a World of Starcraft, I don't know, oh, right? Go, yeah, like yeah. a weird mirror world where we also got Starcraft Ghost. That would have been cool. But yeah, I think. Oh man, I haven't thought about that in years. Yeah. That's, they, they, it works, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some uh, good reasons because the last guy who wanted to see World of Warcraft not get made was because he lost his girlfriend over it. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I didn't. That, I, I don't have any ill will towards it. Uh, I used to work at a company. We made merch for those guys. So like, I know a lot of people at Blizzard. I just think, what a titan, right? Like, yeah. what other game could you delete and it would like? I mean, that's not true. If you deleted Super Mario Brothers, like the entire path of platformers would just oh change entirely. Yeah. yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea of deleting things. Yeah. Just to see what the hell just gaming what, would be. What would it be? Right. Sense. That's a very positive outlook on it because some people have just been like, that game sucks. Like Fred with Toe Jam and Earl. Fred thinks Toe Jam and Earl is one of the worst games of all oh, time. Oh, wow. Well, but I but could you, never figure it out. Yeah, I love Toe Jam Hold on, can I? I know this isn't what we were talking no, about, fine, but yeah. can I try and defend Toe Jam and Earl real quick? Go right ahead. Okay. Go right ahead. You know it's a roguelike, right? Well, when I was eight, I did. You didn't, didn't. yes. <laughs> this is why I you hated figured, it. I think I figured out it was a roguelike, but didn't know that's what that was. Because well, what's rough is. That wasn't really a, def a well-defined genre to us because, like, previous to, like, the last wave of them, roguelikes were all ASCII art games, which I played a ton of because I'm a giant nerd. Okay. But, like, Rogue is literally a game that you, like, run in console, and it's all ASCII art, and you're an at sign, and you walk around, like, in procedurally generated dungeons, which is where that comes from. Gosh. But, like, at the time of Toe Jam and Earl coming out, those were still being made. That's what people thought of when they said roguelike, is, like, totally inaccessible games that you had to have been, like, that, like, we wouldn't have played them probably yeah. if I didn't have like older cousins who were like yeah get in on this yeah. I, I also the soundtrack is so yeah. weird I love it the yeah, good, the, it's, it's I mean, very 90s too just like, oh, when yeah. I think of the 90s I think I told Jamie Earl he was some butthead Liquid Television, when MTV was actually worth the fuck. <laughs> Joe Jam and Earl did everything else right. Like, as a kid, I wanted to love it. But after I went up and down a couple elevators, I was like, I don't know where to go. Yeah, my answer for a game that I would I would delete just because I wanted, I would save the world from it, it's Captain Planet and the Planeteers for NES. Oh my Objectively, the worst game I've ever yeah. played in my life. Superman I, 64 would also have been a correct answer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Have you beaten? Have you ever beaten the second level of Captain Planet and the Planeteers? No. Because no, I don't know. There's if the Back to the Future game on NES. The, all those shitty licensed movie games. Oh, Back to the Future. Yeah. You, I think there was like ghouls or something. You were trying to like skateboard around and hang out. Like as Marty McFly, just skateboarding and hitting ghouls. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Some of this is going to go after the credits. Yeah, no yeah. worries. All right. Cool. cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. But that was um, great. Yeah, find, let us know where we can find you one more time. Uh, yeah. So the easiest way to learn about Infernax specifically is to follow us on Twitter at Berserk Studio. It's B-E-R-Z-E-R-K Studio. Uh, we're on Facebook. We have a website. That's the one where we update the most often. Uh, if you want to wish list us on Steam, I definitely wouldn't stop you because that'd be wonderful. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, if you want to learn more about just Shapes and Beats, there is a Twitter. It's Shapes in beats uh but the letter yeah. M. yes the letter n shapes in beats shapes uh, beats. yeah but uh yeah that's we're we're on the internet you can probably find us if you really yeah, wanted to just right fucking just google fucking it. google all right <laughs> i love that guy that guy's I, legit yeah. i felt like we could have talked with him for like another hour that's or one of those conversations i was saying that just evolved into something it wasn't yeah. and it was great um great time uh we're we'll definitely going to be keeping in touch with, with Hunter yeah, as yeah. well. And we'll have more interviews next week, like you said, with the other games that uh, we will be discussing. But I just kind of want to give you a breakdown of just our basic general stuff that we did and saw at PAX South yep. and have some interviews. Um, you know what I think we should do? 
to end this episode. Remember how uh, we were visited by the whole the traveler dude? Yeah. Let, let's uh, let's take the cartridge out and see if anything happens. Okay. So it's been in there the whole episode, right? Yeah. 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 Hello, genius. Oh, Camerica. We hadn't talked to you since the fucking Battle of New York. I needed to recharge my batteries. Yeah, he's throwing back to what we were saying before. What do you mean? Like how we are social batteries and stuff. I don't think that's... I think he was well, legit... Well, it wasn't a social battery, but my power was gone from the battle. Okay, first of all, thank you for sacrificing yourself. I guess you didn't because you're still alive, but, right. you know, it's comic book world, so it doesn't make any sense, right? Yes, genius. Well... First of all, thank you for everything you did last season. We just didn't know you were yeah. the good guy, so you can understand why we gave you a bad rap. Yeah, like, I feared for my life for a whole year. Like, the kind of stress you put on me, I, I can't believe that you wouldn't just come right out and tell us that you were the good guy. Well, genies, I needed to keep it secret as to not belong, Gloob. If he found out too soon, he may have left and done more damage Makes than sense. he did. Let me ask you this. So speaking of uh, my my old boy, Galoob, I don't want to call him my boy anymore because I thought he was my boy. Um, yeah, so much for your boy. Yeah, fuck off, Fred. So much for your guy. To, to I mean, think. he helped us save the world. Galoob? Oh, you mean Camerica. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yes, I get it, I get it. What is going on with Galoob? Is he dead? Like, is he... What's he doing? He is safely under my control. Okay. He will not be back unless... Unless what? You genies meddle again. Calm the... First of all, calm down. That sounds very ac accusational. Well, hopefully we can just keep this cartridge safely, like, in a safe this time. Last time you let it out of your 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 sight, Ryan, and that's how oh, a lot fuck, of this stuff even happened. I can't just look happened. at the goddamn cartridge 365-24-7. Well, keep it in your safe. Last time it was, like, sitting out, and that's how it went missing, I'm pretty right? sure that was some bullshit with Monkey, Future Man. Also, Ugh. speaking of that... America, did you know Future Man now is behind everything? Did you find that you hear about that? Yes, genie. Did you know about that before? No, genies. He was traveling on a different timeline, and I was not able to tell the future. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. We were, yeah, we, well, we were right. visited by this one guy called The Traveler now. He actually is the one that told us to plug your ass in, and I guess that was how you got to recharge a little bit more or come out finally. I don't know what the hell is going on. Do not trust him, genies. What? What you, you already right? made the mistake one. Well, I think that we're gonna take this. Yeah, you first know, of all, we don't trust slowly. him right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. I get your reservations. Good well, so do you think it's a good idea to keep Galoob alive? Yes, genies. We may be able to use his power in the future, even though I have stripped him of all the power he gained. Well, I guess that's fine. Yeah, I mean, could you maybe try to like? Fuck with him like he was fucking with us and like put him on a spell. Yeah, give him like some scary. I stuff. cannot put another genie under a spell, genies. Okay. Unless it's you, of course, because you're not like me. You're saying we're not real you're genies. You're human. Yes, I know that. And you are pussies. Well, don't speak for me, please. You know what? I well, think Ryan's a pretty big pussy. I think that what you need to do. I agree. I think, Camerica, this year we're going to show you how to be more uh, human, open up more to society in, yeah. the, in the real world. How does that sound? I don't know, jeez. You're so fucking stoic for no reason. Well, 
what we'll do is we'll open you up. We'll like make you some friends. I'll make you some French we'll fries too. Introduce you to some people. Fred, like, Fred, make him your French fries, and he's gonna he'll love. He'll fall in love. Okay, I'll make you French fries too. Oh, okay, jeez. I don't necessarily need to eat French fries. Also, there's the whole thing where like a lot of people were murdered at the end of last season in, in Brooklyn, and we just kind of just stepped away. We haven't heard from the cops or anything. Do you know? I mean, uh, no. are you able to bring any of those people back? No, genius. So they're just dead. Well, yes, genius. <sighs> okay. Well, uh, okay. well. All right. Sorry. I guess it's fine. We. I mean, we didn't kill anybody. No, we didn't specifically. Did you kill anybody specifically? I didn't kill anybody. Okay. Yeah. So it was really just Satan and his army. But I mean, what are they gonna? What are they gonna do? Tell Satan he's going to jail. <laughs> or going to hell. Or whatever. Yeah, going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, Gene. It's kind of, it's kind of, okay. It's people kind of, die. You're right. People okay, lost their sure. lives. I understand. Okay, well, I guess this is good. Maybe we'll touch base with you in the next couple of weeks and see what's up. Okay, genius. Well, can we at least get a wish before you go? Yes, genies. What Actually, is I'm, your I'm wish? Gonna, I'm going to video this. I don't think we should be doing no wishes anymore because you know what got, that guy this last time? It got us into a lot of trouble. All I right, feel, so you don't have to be in on this. I'll, I'll just wish then. Uh, I'll get my own wish. I don't think we should wish anymore, but okay. Okay. Well, well I mean, that's your opinion. Go ahead. I'm 50% of the game, genies, so I'll get my wish. Well, 49, but okay. So, uh, Comerica, I wish that... I don't know. I didn't really have anything in mind. I guess I can just spit it out. I wish. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time, and Monkey Man would have taken better video of me handing out my spaghetti. Your wish has been granted, genius. Awesome. Let, let me let me go through my phone and, and check out these videos. How do you fix videos? Come here, that doesn't make These look sense. the same. The quality of artwork is subjective, genius. Artwork? Oh. I told I you don't to, not to fucking ask for a wish. Whoa. He's still the same goddamn Camerica. Camerica, we're going to make you a better genie this season. Do you understand that? That's, that's our goal. Okay, genies. Fuck you, genies. All right. Goodbye. See ya. Damn it! So now that? I'm stuck with these shitty videos. I yes. mean, no offense, Monkey Man, but he you barely you barely did a, a passable wow. job. He did a volunteer um, job, and Jesus. you're yelling at him about it. Fred's in, a, Fred's in a real poopy mood today. All right, be, be happy about the fucking season premiere. Thank you for joining us on our season premiere of Game Genies season three. Genies, keep on flying. Game Genies. We did make slamming doors and shit. We uh, we did make a uh, little video with different toys, Disney toys, um, to that we're gonna post to YouTube in the next couple of days. That does a recap of season one and two as well. Hopefully, that gets people to understand what the hell's happening with the damn storyline. And also, as we're saying the storyline, as we like figured it out, I was like, God damn it! There's a lot going into this. But I mean, it is a lot of 
fucking content two years worth, so. But hopefully that video, it should be like a 15-minute video, sums up what the hell's happened, and then each year we're going to make another video like that um, so we can sum up and people can like be caught up within 30 minutes for listening to season four and five, for example. So that'd be fun. That'd be some fun shit.